I had the mindset of like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I don't want to go back and get a corporate job. And uh, I just said, I'm not going to stop until I, I succeed. And my, my definition of failure was giving up. You know, if the business didn't make it, then I would start a second business and a third business, you know, until I got it right. So failure was stopping to be an entrepreneur again in my mind. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flow Over Fear podcast, where it is our mission to help you to rise above fear and realize your ultimate potential in leadership and life. I'm your host, Adam Hill, and it is my goal to share with you the human side of high performance. My guests share their experience with fear, anxiety, struggle, challenge, and most importantly, despite all of it, how they rose above it to achieve incredible results. So if you're ready to rise up, let's get started. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Flow Over Fear. Uh, my guest today is a very great guy. His uh, name is David Mamano, and he is an entrepreneur. He is a teacher of entrepreneurs. He's a writer about entrepreneurs, a speaker about entrepreneurs. He loves the entrepreneurial life. What, what can we say? We're going to talk a lot about that. And he's the founder of Seven Businesses. He is a three-time Inc. Magazine 5000 Growth Company winner, a two-time TEDx speaker, and an adjunct professor at the University of Rochester in New York. He now leads the Utopia, that's Y-O-Utopia Network, a group that helps entrepreneurs to grow and connect. And he's also the host of the highly acclaimed The Gonzo Experience, which has featured such incredible guests as Grant Cardone, Sharon Lecter, Mark Victor Hansen, Ellen Latham, Kevin Harrington, Ed Milet, and yours truly. He is the author of three books, including his most recent bestseller, Crash and Learn Lessons in Business, which features insights from 10 business leaders and their experiences with failing forward, which is something I'm excited to dive into today because I think we can all learn a good amount of lessons from that. Welcome, David. Thank you for being here. Hey, great introduction. Uh, who wrote that? Uh, but uh, I, I uh, always love talking to great people like yourself. I love having you on my podcast. And you, you certainly uh, deserve big time to be mentioned with those other big players because uh, your story is so fascinating and uh, so inspirational. And you got me you got me thinking I want to I want to do an Ironman someday. But, uh, you know, still still, uh, you know, pushing three miles on the treadmill. But, uh, you know, it's a decision, right? Well, once, <laughs> once you dive in, you'll never go back. You're, you're you'll be an Ironman for life. So uh, I just want to wear a Speedo. I just want to wear a Speedo. <laughs> by these by the end of this interview, we will be wearing Speedos. Don't, yeah, you don't want to tell me that. <laughs> is that. Is that why you sent me a case it's, of beer for the? OK, yeah, it's, it's going to get weird today. It's going to get really weird. <laughs> no, but. <laughs> But thank you for being here. This it, it it was it was so great talking to you on on your podcast and kind of sharing a little bit about my story. I'm, I and I'm really inspired by a lot of what you're doing and, and what you're writing about because you're 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 not just talking about the excellence of of you know uh, a lot of these books are, are talking about well here's how you make it here's how you here's how you achieve great things here's the awesome story about how so and so went to billionaire but not talking about the really, you know, the the challenging stuff, like the times we fail and there's more failures than successes a lot of times, right? So um, that's what I love about your book. But when we talk about your journey, what got you into this really low, um, you know, this low stress environment of entrepreneurship, as you call it, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I think like many of us, it's a calling that can't be ignored. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you have it inside of you, um, you know, uh, it, it's up to you to have the, the, to muster up the courage to follow it. And for me, it was like a lion, you know, roaring in my stomach that had to get out. You know, I was about 25. I was uh, working at a big radio company selling radio advertising back in the 90s uh, when radio was still very popular. And, uh, you know, I like, you know, the industry. I like my my boss, my colleagues. I just I just didn't like working for another company. Right. I kind of wanted to. uh you know, rewrite the script uh, of, of life, you know, uh, where, you know, let's face it, most people and, and, you know, God bless them, they'll, they'll get up in the morning, they'll go to work and make a lot of money for somebody else, you know, make enough for them mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, you know, and then come home and have dinner and watch TV and then go do it all over again. But, you know, I wanted more out of life. I wanted to create something from scratch. I wanted to be in control of it. Uh, not that I'm like a Mussolini control freak, but, you know, I wanted to be in control of the product, of the standards, of the culture. Um, you know, if I was a chef, I wanted to, you know, to be able to do that chef's kiss after every meal. Like, ah, look what we made, you know, and uh, and just to really have uh, be, be proud of, you know, kind of translating what's in my mind to, uh, you know, creating value that somebody would pay for. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh that, that was very exhilarating and exciting for me. So, uh, so 25, 26, I said, you know, I got nothing to lose. I don't have a wife, house, kids. You know, I had a little geoprism car, 140,000 miles. I'm like, well, if I lose that, life goes on, you know? So, um, so uh, you know, decided to uh, cut the cord, got a job uh, at night as a waiter to make money. Hmm. And during the day, I started my first company, which was a magazine uh, for high school students called Next Step. Uh, and it was, you know, this is when print was still around, too. And it was a printed magazine for high school students. And we would help them with college planning and career planning and life skills. Uh, and that was my first major business. And, uh, and, and you know, then uh, once you, you know, uh, tasted that Kool-Aid, you know, you can't you can't go back for, you know, uh, uh, corporate corporate iced tea ever again, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That that beginning sounds a lot like, I guess, I I don't know a lot about Richard Branson, but it sounds a lot like Richard Branson's uh, um, uh, start where he started a magazine, right? For college kids and and everything like that. So similar, similar. I mean, I'm I'm not saying you're going to be a billionaire one day, but I mean, the the foundation has been laid, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I would love that. Yeah. He had a magazine in the seventies, I believe called Student, Mm. uh, And that was his first, that was his first gig. Uh, yeah, since then he's, he's done. Okay. I have not followed his success yet, but like you said, it's never too late. Right. So <laughs> well, that's right. Well, you're, I mean, you made it, uh, you made it pretty good for yourself to having, you know, gone from that magazine to, uh, did you eventually sell that or did you spin it off or, or, or how did you go about with that from there? Yeah, we had franchising in all over the country. So mm-hmm. we were in every state. We had free distribution in a little over 20,000 high schools, five times a year. We made our money by selling ads, but as the digital revolution um, uh, it really took over and, and, and print uh, became less and less of a, of a popular uh, media, uh, we put it all online and then I sold it. I sold it to a woman in New York City that had more of a, of a digital marketing flair. Uh, and uh, and so I, I moved on from that business uh, after I, I helped her for a couple of years, but uh, I ended up selling it. 
Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Then, uh, and so through that process of starting that first business, I know it's, I mean, it's not, I, I, how, tell me where your mindset was because a lot of people they'll, you know, they start the businesses and the second it gets hard, it's like, well, I can't do that. I got to get a real job. I mean, did you go through any of that process? Did you feel it was easy? Did you feel it was really hard, but you went anyway, what was your, how did you keep that mindset going? Well, you know, I, I had the mindset of like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I don't want to go back and get a corporate job. And uh, I just said, I'm not going to stop until I, I succeed. And my, my definition of failure was giving up. Mm -hmm. You know, if, uh, you know, if the business didn't make it, then I would start a second business and a third business, you know, until I got it right. So, uh, so failure was, you know, stopping to be an entrepreneur again in my mind. So, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. You know, I was just, you know, when you're 25, 26, especially you're full of piss and vinegar. And it was just go, go, go. Yeah. You know, during the day, I uh, I ended up taking out a partner and, and she uh, uh, really handled uh, a lot of our writers and designers. Whereas I handled the business side and the sales side. We were a great team. And, uh, and, and, and so, you know, during the day, I was a, you know, uh, a you know, luxurious uh, magazine publisher. Uh, but you know, by day I, or by night, I was, uh, you know, serving ravioli at Mario's Italian restaurant. <laughs> and, uh, so that's how I made my money at night. Uh, you know, but, and we didn't really make a lot of money with the magazine until it was like three or four years, you know? Wow. So, but I was determined. I'm like this, you know, I, I saw progress. We saw progress, uh, every year. Um, and then when we started franchising, it just really took off. You know, that's when I had to quit my job, uh, at night. And just be a full-time magazine publisher, which was, we had a great run. We had a great, great run until, uh, like I said, the digital revolution really started to, to kill print, uh, especially with young adults, especially with high school students, college students, you know? Yeah. So, so it was sad. It was sad just to, uh, to see that model go away. But, you know, the internet has crushed, you know, we'll say altered many, many, many models, right? Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, unless you're a surgeon or a dentist where it's, you know, it's tough to do that stuff over the internet. Your business probably has been, been changed in some way. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're talking on a medium here that's replacing some of the uh, terrestrial radio. I, I, I don't know a lot about that world, but man, everybody can get into this world. That's for sure. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, and, and were you able to finally leave the, uh, uh, the, the job, the, the, uh, the wait, the waiting tables, were you able to leave that within those first three years or after you sold it? How long did you do that for? No, I did that for about uh, about three years. When, okay. we, you know, when we started to uh, franchise the magazine, uh, that's when the money started rolling in. You know, we, we set up a system to franchise it in different states because I had grown it to all New York State, mm -hmm. very profitable. And I said, well, and, and the reason why we didn't expand nationally, which is one magazine, uh, because most of our advertisers were colleges. And most colleges do most of their recruiting within about 150 mile uh, radius. Okay. So, you know, for instance, uh, you know, Nazareth College in uh, Rochester, New York, doesn't do too much recruiting in Utah, right? So I would uh, I would have lost most of my advertisers if I just went with like one national edition. So we ended up doing regional franchises around the country. Okay. Uh, and uh, it worked out worked out very well. I mean, they would pay me a franchise fee every issue. Uh, and we would sell ads in each other's magazine. You know, for instance, if Nazareth did want to advertise in Texas for some reason, uh, the Texas franchise would gladly take the ad and he would pay me a commission hmm. and vice versa. So there were some different ways to make money, which was great. That's a brilliant model. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And you said 
So I, I love the way that you framed failure in there because it, it kind of it kind of gets to a lot of what's in the book, which I have here: crash and learn lessons. Oh, there you go. Look at yeah. that. I finished reading it. It's it's a it's a great read, by the way. And I, I want to dive into it, but Thank I you. love the idea of failure equaling giving up because um, just having that frame of mind, you know, sets the standard high for like, okay, you know, within the business, the only way I fail is if I stop doing what I'm doing. It encourages persistence. Uh, did you take and, and you took that mindset into the next business in the next business? So after you sold, uh, after you after you sold Next Step, did you, uh, you you did you start right into the next thing right away? Did you feel the bug? How how did that how did that transition work? Yeah, I ran Next Step uh, twenty one years, and we had done some side new businesses within the education category. Uh, mm. We had started different magazines. Uh, we had started a student loan company. Uh, so we did, that was part of the seven businesses was related businesses in the, in the education field. But when I sold everything, uh, we, um, you know, uh, well, I should say I, cause I was alone, uh, started a company called Avanti. Now Avanti means move forward in Italian and you know, my, mm-hmm. you know, grandparents are from Sicily. So Italian is uh, in my blood big time. And, uh, so, uh, so. It was, you know, Avanti move forward, very similar name to Next Step. It had that, that forward movement. So, so we, I saw a company called Avanti, and it was a, it was a, called the Avanti Edu, uh, Entrepreneur Network. And mm-hmm. what we would do is we would help people start and grow businesses. I had a coaching program. I started a podcast for entrepreneurs. And then uh, most popular thing we ended up doing is we would do events. We would do monthly events for entrepreneurs here in Rochester. So. Uh, they would pay an annual membership fee. Uh, and every month, it was a third Wednesday of every month after work, we would meet at a, you know, a big restaurant or a country club or a business that, that had enough space. And we would, uh, the, the first half would be, you know, beer, wine, or d'oeuvres networking. And then the second half, I bring in a live speaker. And it could be uh, like a superstar entrepreneur, or it could be, Somebody who's going to teach them about, you know, sales, marketing, leadership, finance, et cetera. And, uh, and so it, it turned out really great. We had almost 100 members here in Rochester. Uh, we ended up licensing it instead of franchising it. I built up a licensing network. So we ended up licensing it to about six cities uh, and got it going there as well. Uh, and that's, you know, COVID hit, right? So, you know, in-person events became not so popular. Uh, we put it online. Uh, but after a few months, people stopped showing up as much and it, it kind of became like I was forcing it. I think people were getting zoomed out. Uh, you know, they're on Zoom all day, don't want to be, uh, you know, on Zoom at night. And, uh, so I just, I just shelved it. I put it on, I put it on hold. Um, and during that time, I ended up doing some sales consulting, some marketing consulting and some coaching. Uh, to pay the to pay the bills, you know, I got three kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that that that's uh, yeah, that was a tough time for a lot of people uh, as far as COVID is concerned, uh, especially those of us who are who relied on networks and and coaching or, or anything like that had to adjust. I mean, you talk about adaptation. Um, did that did that shift your mindset in any way? Uh, I mean, you mentioned you you kind of went into sales consulting, something you knew and 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 everything like that, but. Um, was that kind of the contingency plan you went with all along? Did you plan on turning that into something or how, how was that? Uh, uh, I guess, what was the nature of that transition? Well, you know, I, I, I felt like I was kind of, you know, thrown off the boat and, uh, uh, yeah. 
and, 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 you know, swimming for my life and like, you know, what am I going to do? It's going to be very hard to start a business during COVID. You know, the, the current one, you know, was not working anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it really was just like a life movie to get to ideally to get me through COVID, you know, like, let me, yeah. let me use the skills that I have to help other people and other companies, uh, you know, and, until I could, you know, see the light at the end of the, uh, the COVID tunnel and decide what I'm going to do next. Yeah. Hey, everyone, if you're listening to this show and you want to rise above fear and achieve greater flow in your life, which of course translates into better results in business, better health, a more fulfilling lifestyle, and much, much more. And who doesn't, right? Well, then schedule your free strategy call with me today. Simply go to www.adamcliffordhill.com coaching and click on the link to start your journey to your high flow life. And so coming out of COVID, how, how has that process been for you? Have you been able to re-up the Avanti network or, or you have Utopia? Is that the next evolution of it or how, how is that working? Yeah. So, uh, you know, during COVID, I decided I wanted a, you know, a fresh new brand mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, something that I felt like Avanti had the reputation now of, of, I don't want to say failing, but put on the back burner, got a little stale. Uh, and I wanted to, you know, really create a utopian network, uh, where it was just full of love and, and heart centered entrepreneurs. Uh, I wanted to make it pandemic proof. So I said I wanted online and therefore it allowed me to be global from the start. So, so I was telling uh, uh, someone who now is in, uh, utopia about the idea. And I must have said the word, you know, utopia, like, with you a couple of times, you know, mm-hmm. the letter U. And, uh, and I said, I just have to come up with a name for it. And she goes, Oh, I thought you had a name. You, you, I thought you named it Utopia. And I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. You know? And, uh, you know, of course, uh, my, my creativity kicked in and said, well, let's, let's make it a little bit different. So Y-O-U, Utopia Network.com. And, and so that was launched a little over a year ago. And, you know, we have members from all over the world, you know, Spain, Dubai, Canada, of course, the U.S., um, and, uh, it's, it's been wonderful. We have, um, uh, they pay an annual membership fee and, uh, the value we bring, and you know, you've been a speaker every Tuesday at noon Eastern, uh, we have a guest speaker who gives a, a training, a presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like this once a week learning nugget, uh, that's really helpful for the members. And then once a month, we have a mastermind, uh, and we break it off into smaller groups, about eight people. And we meet for you know a few hours, and we uh, we discuss uh, you know uh, challenges, opportunities, in a, in that you know confidential mastermind format. Mm. What I love about that, I, I what I love about that network, and and what you're doing in general is is it sounds like the theme of of your you know development here is is really bringing people together, bringing entrepreneurs together, helping them to network, and that's one of the things. I mean. The show is called Flow Over Fear, and the nature of it is that a lot of people let fear be an obstacle to you know, achieving their best. And one of the ways we can get out of that fear is to just find a, a community. And so finding a community of like-minded people that are going through the same kind of challenges is, is huge. And I know that that's one of the values that they can get from something like that. Um, have you experienced anything like that from your members you know, experiencing kind of getting beyond that fear, pushing beyond what they're what they believe their limitations are. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, every day. I mean, a lot of our speakers like you will, will, will help people and inspire people mm-hmm. to push through perceived obstacles with the emphasis word on perceived. And, uh, and, you know, you, you know, you were on the couch, you know, drinking wine. And, uh, you know, X years later, you're in Hawaii at the world's top Ironman, right? So, so, you know, there was a barrier, but that was in your mind. Yeah. Right. Like you did it. You did it. And, and so you proved that the barrier was invisible. And, you know, that's what we try to do with a, a, a lot of our uh, speakers is, is bring them in, bring in speakers that are going to inspire them to realize that, you know what? These barriers are not real. That mm-hmm. fear is not real, you know? And, um, and then also with our masterminds is to really try to help them, you know, talk through the fear of, of, of what is kind of scaring them to move to that next level. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a great message to bring in. So powerful. I'm glad that you're doing that because, uh, because I mean, it just takes knowing that there's some, that, that a lot of the people that achieve great things are also human and they, they've gone through that same stuff. So it's just finding the, finding the right kind of, kind of guides. And I love how you did that in, in your book and the, in the recent book that you've had, the crash and learn, um, you know, you brought 10 leader business leaders together to help write this book. They, and each one of them contributes a story that talks about one of their personal quote unquote failures that really helped them fail upward. Um, and what I love about it is that, you know, you're bringing a new idea of a, a fresh idea that, that, you know, there's no perfect trajectory towards success. It, it's kind of combined with a lot of these little things. So can you kind of talk a little bit about the book and, and, and what you're, you know, what your goal is with it and, and, you know, what, 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 what you're trying to communicate through it? Yeah. So I had the idea, you know, for uh, the book, because it stemmed from the stories I heard on my podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, I started my podcast in uh, October, 2016. And I would often ask my guests, uh, tell me about a time where you crashed and almost burned, you know, and a lot of entrepreneurs would be like, oh, which, which story, right? Which one do you want? Right. right. And, uh, and so, you know, a lot of, a lot of them would share the story of like, I thought, you know, I, I didn't know how I was going to get through the next day, but, you know, I picked up the pieces and they, you know, they all had these great stories of, you know, crashing, not burning, but rising like the Phoenix again. Mm-hmm. And I thought there's something there because, you know, most of the stories we hear about are, are how great, you know, how great people are, you know, right. you know we see their, uh, their massive business, their big house, their car, et cetera. And, uh, uh, and I just thought, you know, like you said, you know, it, it'd be nice to have vulnerable entrepreneurs share their stories of the ups and downs because we all have, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, it, and you know, I heard over and over again that that became like the most popular part of my podcast was the sharing of these stories. So I thought they'd be a really cool book, you yeah. know? Uh, and, and so it was, you know, uh, at first it was going to be crashed crashed and almost burned uh but uh karen calder one of our uh authors said about uh crash and learn mm-hmm. and i'm like karen drop the mic that's it you know so uh, uh so uh it became crash and learn and i just found you know through uh social media reaching out to people uh i i found nine other people that were willing to share their stories of the highs and lows and uh, and I just think it's it's just it's very helpful, you know, for especially the beginning entrepreneur 
or, you know, a seasoned entrepreneur that's going through some tough times to realize that, you know what, if you're a good company, we've all been there and done that. And you know what, you're earning another strike in the, uh, in the journey of being an entrepreneur, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like you're, it's a rite of passage to, to go through that kind of process. And that's, you know, um, kind of why I joked about it at the beginning by saying it's the low stress world of entrepreneurship. It's nothing, nothing even close to that. It's, it's incredibly, it, it's always on, you know, I mean, there, there, it's always, there's always something. And um, what, did you have any kind of, well, for you, what, what kind of, have you had any, what were some experiences that you have had that crash and learn kind of experiences for you? Have you had anything really profound on that level that you could share with the audience? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it involves a magazine because what happened was, you know, I had a staff of about 15. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, a magazine is, uh, you know, newspaper magazine. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very uh, uh, cost intensive business because you're paying for paper, you're paying for mailing, yeah. you're paying for printing. Uh, and uh, so it's not like just, you know, to, in today's world, uh, you know, you, you have a media company online. I mean, there's other costs, tech costs, I guess. But paper, printing, mailing, it gets very expensive, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so we built this great company. And uh, uh, I, uh, I, I, I didn't... Uh, I, uh, cut uh, the model in time because as the digital revolution was taking over, uh, I, I was very emotional about the people. I'm like, they've been with me for a long time. They only built a company. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, you know, and went through with the model. I'm like, well, you know, in hindsight, you, it's easy to say, oh, I should have let, let print go a long time ago. But I'm like, oh, well, you know what? We'll, we'll sell bundled packages where they get print and online advertising, you know? But what, what it was happening more and more is the advertisers were just saying, hey, we love you, Dave. We love Next Step. We just don't want print anymore. Mm -hmm. So while revenue was tanking, uh, I still was continuing the model with all the expenses and the people. So what turned into a very, what was a very profitable, great business, uh, turned into something that, that really crashed. And, uh, and uh, you know, I ended up uh, building up a lot of debt. I took out like private bank loans to... Uh, you know, cover expenses and then fund some new ideas. And uh, so it just, it really, it really turned into um, something that was, you know, very painful, uh, you know, having to let people go, you know, having this debt build up. Um, so a very difficult time. Uh, uh, you know, that being said, you know, I, you know, continue to move forward with, uh, with, you know, new ideas and new hope, like any, any entrepreneur would, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What what was the learn? So obviously, the learning experience from that is is you know probably should have, in hindsight probably should have let it go earlier. Or what were the other? What kind of lesson would you learn from that? Because you you it sounds like you're acting on compassion. I mean, wanting to take care of your people. I mean, that's certainly something I can relate to. And in, in challenging times, you want to you want to be that. So in the midst of it, that's the that's what you want to do. Um, but is it did the lesson there kind of outweigh that aspect or you know was the was the lesson really you know you should have cut it earlier what, what other lessons have you learned from that yeah looking back and as they say you know uh hindsight's 2020 right yeah uh, that I, I i should have read um you know the trends better that this this digital revolution was only going to get more and more entrenched uh in in uh 
you know, content habits, marketing, advertising. Mm-hmm. So, and we, you know, and we had hundreds of relationships with colleges advertising. So looking back, if I was really smart back then, I would have said, hey, we're going to retire the print and we're going to become a digital marketing company for uh, in the education market. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Change it to like, next step digital or next step media, you know. Uh, and, and that probably would have been the best way to uh, pivot the company to success. Yeah. Yeah. And as, as an entrepreneur or somebody who's gone through that before, do you find that's a valuable exercise to look back and, and, and kind of give the, well, I should have done that. Does that help kind of educate you for the future? Yeah. You, probably, you become a little bit more gun shy about, uh, you know, uh, you know, diving into, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, something new that has a lot of expenses associated with it. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, utopia, utopia is beautiful. My only, my only expense is, uh, you know, Zoom, you know, fourteen ninety five a month. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, my time, then my time. Right. So there's not, there's no paper mailing, you know, there's some minor tech bills, you know, but, uh, uh, so, um, uh, so yeah, learn to say, okay, you know, how can I continue to be an entrepreneur with, with it? But, but, you know, avoid uh, a lot of, of cost risks up front until the model is proven. And then I just, I know what I have to do to run this profitably, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, you, so you have to mitigate, I mean, you have to become good at mitigating risks when you're an entrepreneur, but to what extent do you, uh, I, I, is there a balance there um, where you have to kind of accept, hey, at some point I am going to uh, have a setback uh, rather than failure, but like more of a setback. Um, what am I willing to accept? How do you kind of find that balance? Uh, well, I think that's where something like Utopia, Utopia yeah. comes in or whatever network you're in. You know, people are in EO, YPO, Vistage. Um, I think it's really about having a tribe of trusted um, you know, kindred spirits that have your best interests in mind to be able to talk it through, get feedback, get their thoughts, you know, uh, get, you know, they're having them share their experiences to, you know, uh, make us really think a little bit more before jumping in. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs like myself, we are very bright, shiny light entrepreneurs, right? Right. And, uh, uh, and, and, and so which could be good and bad, right? There's good parts about that because we move fast. We're a lot of energy. Uh, but you know, the double-edged sword is, you know, we move fast (laughs) and we may be spending the wrong energy on something, uh, that is, uh, that is not, uh, not a good idea. And then we lose interest. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so it's good. You know, I'm all for, you know, a, a healthy, balanced ADHD entrepreneur. Uh, you know, that being said, they're much more successful when they surround themselves with people that can, uh, help them to see the full spectrum of what's going on or what could go on. Yeah, that's, uh, no, that, that's, that's really helpful because I know that that's certainly something I struggle with. And I love that you mentioned community being that source of where you lean into, because I think as leaders, one of the things that does scare people who are getting into entrepreneurship is the uncertainty of what can happen. And we just have to we have to understand that that's going to be part of it. Right. And, yep. um, but, uh, but at least getting the perspective from that, uh, that 
mind trust that that uh, that mind uh, uh, that mind that that collective mind what's what's that word I'm looking for mind hive hive mind yeah that that we can you know help I guess uh, grow mm-hmm. through that so um, and uh, and so you're also I mean in addition to doing ut- uh, utopia and and building these networks you're also educating people at the University of Rochester so you're a professor there. Um, did that start recently or, or was that something that you've been have, that you've been involved in for a while? Well, it's a very unique position. So I don't have my PhD or, or anything, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a it's a fifth year program that was originally funded by the Kauffman Foundation, which is very famous for you know funding entrepreneurial ventures uh, within education often. Uh, so they came to U of R and they uh, wanted to create a fifth year program for students that would stay an extra year. And start a business, mm-hmm. uh, and and Kaufman would pay for that year, so it's a free fifth year. You know, we have to qualify and everything, right? Uh, and uh, and so uh, so you've are you know I started I think they started in 2011, uh, and the the professor that taught it he would have me come in to speak often to the students, and then he retired and he thought it would be a great replacement, so. Uh, uh, and I said, yeah, so I've been doing that, I think, about six, seven years now. Um, and so it's a very non-traditional role at a college. You know, it's it's a 50-year program. Uh, and I basically, you know, um, you know, I, I'm almost like a business advisor, a business coach to these students starting the business. You yeah, know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I get, you know, and because I'm a real-life entrepreneur, I, I get to, you know, teach them. Uh, you know, from the MBA and the, the PhD that I got in the streets, mm-hmm. you know, building businesses instead of, you know, the, in the uh, brick and mortar buildings, you know, yeah. which are valuable too. Uh, but there's nothing like an entrepreneur like like saying, "Oh, well, that it happened to me, and here's how I got through it." Instead of like reading like in a textbook, here's a uh, uh, here's a case study. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'll say, oh, well, and you know, this is this is how I got through it. Oh, I also know three people you can talk to, uh, and uh, and here's two books you can read that help me. You know, so you know, just that that one-on-one personal experience is, is I think, is very valuable. That's a yeah, that that sounds like a neat program uh, and and a great idea to how on how to bridge that gap with business. Is there at least from my experience, having gotten an MBA, um, because I felt like that's what I needed to actually know how to do business. You know that yeah, there's there's value in in that textbook style stuff, but there was absolutely probably zero value to the actual experiential you know of of knowing what it's like to start a business, to run a business, and do all of the all of the human stuff that you need to do. So that sounds like a it's a it's a it's a great um, a great program for that. And um, um, and then I know I know uh, you got to run, but I do want to ask you a little bit about um, about uh, the Gonzo experience. First off, like you know, how did you come up with the name? So, what, where's the the origination of the name Gonzo Experience? Yeah, so that was my fraternity name in college. I went to uh, University at Buffalo, nice SUNY Buffalo, and uh, I was in uh, a fraternity, great fraternity, Sammy Sigma Alpha Mu, uh, and still very very close with a lot of my brothers today. And we still use our fraternity names. Like we use them on campus. Like if you ran into a a woman my age and said, oh, you went to UB? You went to University of Buffalo? Did you know David Mamano? They might say, I don't think so. But if you said, oh, did you know Gonzo? They more likely would say, oh my God, yes. You know, so uh, 
So like we we like so my brothers, I mean, it's always hey Gonzo, hey. It's just like I didn't even think twice about it. I'm Gonzo, you know. Yeah. And uh, so once again during COVID, you know, uh, I changed the name. My my podcast was the Avanti Entrepreneur Podcast, but when I changed Avanti, uh, you know, during COVID, my my creativity I think was just boiling over. So I wanted to rebrand the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. So I just named it the Gonzo Experience, and uh, and it kind of ties in. You know, one thing I'm doing more of is uh, is professional speaking, uh, and I uh, I focus uh, my speaking on, on infusing humor into the workplace mm-hmm. uh, for you know better sales, better leadership, better marketing. There's like you know there's a ton of research. We're talking Harvard, Stanford, MIT research that proves. That if you infuse humor effectively and professionally into the workplace, everything grows, right? And uh, and I used to be a stand-up comedian in my twenties, uh, so I'm kind of mixing the chocolate, with the peanut butter, you know, of my business and my comedy into a product to help businesses grow. Uh, and so, you know, the Gonzo experience it sounds, you know, you 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 may have an idea that it's going to be fun, right? There's going to be some smiles, you know. Uh, just like Gonzo, the oh, moment, yeah. right? And uh, and so it's it's kind of a nice tie into what I'm doing, you know, going into businesses and doing these uh, uh, these presentations and events, doing keynotes. Uh, um, you know, it's called putting funny back in business, and it's you know it's all about uh, helping businesses professionally infuse humor into the workplace. Uh, so it ties in it ties in nicely to to the podcast. It's a it's a good yin and yang, you know. I love it. Yeah, that and that's something obviously I need a lot more work on. At least my employees think I do. Um, I think I'm pretty funny, but anyway, but yeah, I we'll find that balance. But <laughs> no, I think it's great what you're doing. Yeah, well, and it's not necessarily it's not necessarily about being a stand up comedian yeah. at work. It's about uh, you know uh, creating more smiles. You know, in, in 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 just you know infusing more humor, which is not always like you know telling jokes. You know, so but. Yeah, I've got, I've got a, uh, I've got a whole, we call it a laugh and learn. Uh, so if you ever want me to come into your company, Adam, and uh, I'll teach you and everybody how to uh, professionally make that happen. I love it. Company. I love it. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and, um, and I'll tell you, I, so I, I get the hint. I will wear Speedos more often at work. I, I get it, but no. You should, you should. <laughs> I think, you know, everyone's clamoring for it. You know? Right. Yeah. That's, that's the new thing. Um, I think HR will be called if I do that, but, uh, but definitely <laughs> I love the idea of the lunch and learn. And, um, and if people want to, if people want to learn more about that or get a hold of you to do something like that, to speak for them, uh, where can they find you? Yeah. The best place is my website, davidmamano.com. And it's M-A-M-M-A-N-O, davidmamano.com. Everything is there. Uh, they can also email me, david at davidmamano.com. Awesome. Uh, I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, all that great stuff. They can find me there. I use LinkedIn a lot, you know, professionally. So great place to find me there and connect. I answer all my messages at LinkedIn. I can't keep up with all the birthday ones. It was my birthday on Friday. And uh, between Facebook and LinkedIn, you know, you get hundreds of people wishing you a happy birthday. And I'm like, I give up. You know, I can't do it. But thank you, everybody. Yeah, well, <laughs> happy birthday to you. And if, if you're listening, wish David a happy birthday on LinkedIn for sure. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and you can also find his uh, his uh, TED Talks there, which are which are really entertaining. So, yeah, go check those out on uh, on davidmomano.com and uh, buy his book, uh, Crash and Learn. 
uh, Lessons in Business. And uh, you can get that on Amazon and uh, uh, check out the Gonzo Experience podcast because it's a, it's a lot of fun. And there's some great guests there. And David, thank you so much for joining us today. This was awesome. We'll have to have a round two to talk a little bit more about humor and business. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thanks for doing what you're doing. You're, uh, you know, your uh, incredible energy and your beautiful soul. Uh, very, very glad that you came into my world and, you know, keep on doing the good work that you're doing. Well, likewise, thank you so much, David. That means a lot. And I'll talk to you soon. And to the rest of you, have a great day and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Flow Over Fear podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. I will be so grateful if you do. And I'll look forward to bringing you more value in our next episode. I'll see you then.